When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following podcast contains explicit language. The other day I was chatting with The Guardian's data editor, Mona Chalabi, and she's single. So much so that when I asked her to introduce herself, this is what came out of her mouth. Hi, I'm Mona Chalabi. I'm single, date me. And out of all of her accomplishments as a writer, a TV presenter, a data journalist, one of her top Google results is still that she made Elle magazine's 41 hottest singles. Didn't get me any dates, though, did it? So I can't be that hot. And if you're sitting across from Mona, her singleness is jaw-dropping news. She looks like a model, talks like a college professor. She had the same question for me. So can I, I ask you, are you really single? Yeah. What? Really, oh my God, so single. Do, does everyone ask you that? Are you really single? Are you yeah. really single? That's funny. But like, it's hard. Yeah, oh my God, don't even, yeah. Are you really single? I'm so single. I'm perpetually single. I've been in all together, like it's freakish, almost freakish levels. So in my 30 years, I have been in relationships all together, just over a year, all together. Whoa. Yeah. I've had sex. <laughs> Part of what Mona is known for are her data visualizations. They often go viral. They change the way a select group of people obsessed with this kind of thing see the world. For example, she recently drew a graph comparing Americans killed by gun violence since 1968 with Americans killed by war ever. It looks like two gray squares, but the gun violence one slightly larger. She also graphed America's sugar consumption, measured in rainbow sprinkles. She graphed male circumcision rates around the world, measured by bananas in various states of unpeeled. She compared Trump's inauguration crowd to the Women's March, measured as two hands, one hand very tiny and pale, the other larger, more brown. Her work is funny but serious, and I wanted to know if you can do this kind of work for immigration, for prison populations, why or why would you ever focus on dating? Because I think it's a really important topic. Like, I think people think of it as being kind of quite light, but I think it affects so much of your life. Like, I sometimes wonder if I wouldn't have got as far in my career if I hadn't been single along the way. And I know that sounds really messed up because there are lots of people who are in 
really happy, healthy, supportive relationships where they feel like they push one another. But I think like it gave me a certain single mindedness. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's affected all kinds of aspects of my life. I think it's affected um, the way that I feel about my friendships, the way that I feel about my work, maybe even the way that I feel about family. Yeah, because once you get into like a really, really serious relationship, they become your family. And I haven't found someone that I would consider family in that way before. I feel like I was told to go full throttle into my career and the dating stuff would just follow. Yeah. And instead, I I wonder sometimes if I should have gone like half throttle into my career, worked out the dating stuff and then gone full throttle. I mean, it's a really interesting question because I always feel like the way that our parents' generation or our mothers raised us on feminism, or at least my mom did, is like just like work hard, don't take any shit and like it will be okay somehow. And like I I think they were very reluctant to raise us with the idea that there would be trade-offs. But there are trade-offs. For me and Mona, this trade-off became incredibly clear as we entered our 30s. Navigating my feminist beliefs as a heterosexual woman in practice, I think, is very complicated. And I don't know if there's, I don't know if I have the right tools to, I don't know. And it was when I started thinking about feminism as a heterosexual woman that that these age gaps bothered me. Tell me about the piece you just wrote for the Sunday Review of the New York Times about straight dating. What is the 2.3 bonus years? So this is something I've been thinking about for a very long time. I used to write a column, I still do, I guess, called Dear Mona, where people write to me with questions and I try to answer with numbers. And it was kind of supposed to be like a Dear Abby, but from a statistical perspective, I guess. And one of the questions that I got was, what is the average age gap in heterosexual relationships? I kind of just busily got the data in the normal way it comes from the census bureau and it's based on heterosexual couples that are living together and it shows that the average age gap is 2.3 years but that number has never left me and in fact like it's seeing the way that that number plays out as I get into my early 30s that really really bothers me and it bothers me because I see the men my age are just so chilled out about being single because they know that they have options. Their options are they could get with a younger woman, they could get with a woman their own age, or they could just bide their time for a few sweet years, keep on like having fun in quote marks, whatever whatever that, whatever that means to them, whatever that means to them, and focusing on their careers. I've also noticed, interestingly, I don't know if you have too, that it feels like women my age are much more focused on getting their careers figured out very, very early on. And men are still like, And I think some of that is even related to this dating thing. It's like we have this sense that responsibility is right around the corner because I want to I want to have kids in my early 30s. And so I want to be able to support those kids financially if need be. I'm not relying on any man to do that. Whereas because I think maybe men know that they'll be having kids a little bit later, there isn't the same pressure. And I don't know, like these thoughts aren't necessarily articulated in my mind all the time. But I think actually it's influencing some of my behaviours, if that makes sense. Yeah. It hit you really hard when you turned 30. I think it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like such a big difference between and in terms of like your desirability as well on the dating market between being a woman in her 20s and being a woman in her 30s. And by the way, this again bears itself out in the data. So one of the reasons why I use OkCupid data so frequently is because it's one of the few dating apps that actually publish and share their data in a transparent way. And that's partly because the founder of the site, a guy, Christian Rudder, is just obsessed with data. So he used to publish this um, blog called like the OK Trends blog that analysed all of this different stuff. Yeah, and I think that was, I think about this all the time, um, data as marketing and how effective that was for OkCupid in 2006 when they started doing that and no one else was. But now I haven't really seen anything lately. And also they're 
app is becoming a cesspool of just really horrible dudes who feel really entitled for me to message them back because they like my smile so much. So I don't, you know, I I love what OkCupid did back in the day, but I don't see them continuing that transparency. But it was also because they were a smaller company, I guess, that had that more naivety about, do you remember that post they published that was like, we play with your data or something that exploded? And I think that's when they started to understand some of the corporate consequences of them talking so publicly about this. So what Mona's referring to here is an OkCupid blog post from 2014. The headline is, We Experiment on Human Beings. Blogs and TV news, they started talking about OkCupid as conducting secret experiments on their users, ignoring that your Facebook news feed, your Google search results, a lot of the online tools we rely on are experimenting on us all the time. And I've seen this too. The moment you introduce the word dating to a headline, to some ears, that's basically the word sex. And then everything that comes after that sounds like the making of the scandal. So OkCupid had trust to rebuild after that blog post came out. And even though that has nothing to do with why I personally dislike their service, it did cause them some backlash. Back to Mona. But before they got to that point, there was one post they did a while back that just looked at the age of all of their users. And it's fascinating. It's like they compared their users to the US population as a whole. And they were saying there are these bizarre spikes in the number of users that are 29, that are 39, that are 49. And it's because people just round down their age by one year because popping into that next decade affects your dating chances so profoundly. And this isn't people who are making those little lies based on data. It's based on intuition. So again, when I wrote this piece, in some ways, I didn't need to present all of this data on this compelling argument saying there is a heterosexual age gap because anyone that's listening to this, and by the way, in any country, not just in America, there is no country in the world based on UN data where women on average are the same age as the men or older. The closest was in Ireland where where I think, and this is of all of the countries where there was data, of which there was like, I think, I want to say over 100. Ireland was the closest. I'm really thinking of these numbers off the top of my head and it was like maybe a year or something. And like the age gap varies massively by country. But this is a fact of life in the 21st century and has been for a very long time. And understanding the way that that age gap intersects with the fucking patriarchy is important. Like, I really think dating older men is upholding the patriarchy and I really feel a responsibility to stop it. And I'm scared. I was scared in publishing that piece because the fact is, if I walked out of here right now and like actually fell completely in love with like a guy who's five years older, I'm not going to be like, I wrote this New York Times piece. I'm really, really sorry. You're not the one. But I kind of wanted to hold myself accountable by publishing it. And I wanted to make conscious efforts to change the way that I date to say, you know, whether it's even just setting your your parameters on Bumble or on Tinder to say, don't even show me the 32-year-olds anymore. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. Show me some 24-year-olds. I can... <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you a bit about Mona's argument in that Times piece. She found that in two-thirds of all heterosexual couples in the United States, the man is older. And on average, he's 2.3 years older than she is. 2.3. And I feel like I knew that number before I knew that number. That's the difference between my parents' ages. And that's the difference between me and most of the guys I've dated. And also, when I'm swiping on an app and I see a guy who's about 2.3 years older than me, it's like, hey. But Mona started wondering, what would she do with those extra 2.3 bonus years? The years a man has before deciding he wants to settle down, get married, start a family. With those years, she says she'd go to more wild parties, maybe get a gym membership, maybe work on some abs, you know, and maybe she would date more men. 
men who she met at those wild parties, men with abs. And instead, women have to get more serious when they're younger to make up for that difference. And one of the main ways that this plays out is in parenthood. Because of the age gap, it also means there's a big gap in age of first child. And again, for the longest time, it's just been the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that keep track of the age at which women in the US have their first child. And it's because the assumption is that it has all kinds of health consequences for both mother and child. Never bothered to look at the age of the father in any kind of consistent way. And then there was a big study done that was published, I want to say, last year that looked at this for the first time. And what those two data sets together show is that women in America, on average, have a child for the first time at the age of 26. And men have a child on on average for the first time at the age of 31. That is a five-year age gap. And that is, (laughs) to state the obvious, sorry, your listeners aren't that bad enough. Wait, wait, 26, 31. <laughs> Sorry, so patronizing. Um, but, but, but then, I mean, if you imagine all the range within that, that's huge. Exactly, because we intuitively know when you hit 26, like both you and I, I'm sure, have a ton of friends who have, did not have a kid at, at 26. So you know that average actually obscures a significant, like, um, not necessarily a polarization, but two extremes within that data set, which is like a ton of Americans, American women having kids at 20 and a ton that are having kids in their middle, in their mid 30s, right? And so if that exists, and that also exists for the men, right? So what does that age gap look like? Again, I'm sure it's relatively similar numbers wise, but I think there are a ton of men who are probably like 40 who are having kids with women that are 32, 33. And those years make a huge difference, right? Because it means that you you got a chance to like, part of the reason why I feel ambivalent about having a kid is because I know it means sacrifice. There are a lot of sacrifices that are sometimes involved in parenthood. There can be a toll on your career, a toll on your finances, a toll on your relationships. And a lot of those things might feel like less of a sacrifice as you get older. And men just get bonuses without all of those pressures. And that's not fair. Of course, life isn't fair, but still. It's not fair. And then there's the other implication about who's going to take care of who as they get older. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that people kept on emailing me as well was like, but women live longer than men, so it only makes sense. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense at all. If women live older than men, then surely so that you just roll the biological dice to be like, oh, one of us is going to die this year. Then you should be dating younger men who are given life expectancies and the gap in life expectancy is going to die at the same time as you. But instead, women who are expected to live longer than men in general are dating older men, which increases the likelihood that they will be their carers in old age. So we become carers at a younger age than men because we become mothers, and then we look after them. It's just insanity. All that free labour. I know, I know, I know. Another thing that sustains this age gap is the denigration of older women's bodies and the, like, exalting of older men's bodies. The example you gave in your piece was um, that you're attracted to George Clooney, but not Justin Bieber. I feel the same way. What is it? Don't you think Justin Bieber seems like a child? It always feels like paedophilia to get with Justin Bieber. Now, to be fair, Justin Bieber might just seem like a child because he's Justin Bieber. There are other very good-looking 23-year-old men, say Kofi Sirabo from Queen Sugar and Girl Trip. He looks mature to me. But Mona doesn't think that men are taking maturity into account when they're considering the attractiveness of women. So how old is Justin Bieber? He's seven years younger than me. He's 23. A man who is 30 would not view a woman who is 23 and be like, she doesn't have any chin hairs yet. She's not like a real woman. Those like, you know, those hairs that kind of age. I don't know if you're dealing with the chin hairs, but I'm there already. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Like, they don't think that way at all. 
We're going to take a break. When we're back, there is surprising data that we're going to share about the ages men and women find most attractive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're back with my perpetually single guest, Mona Chalabi. And we just pulled out one of her visualizations. This was based on OkCupid data. They found the ages of men that women find most attractive as they grow older and the ages of women that men find most attractive as they grow older. And it's one of the starkest comparison charts I've ever seen, which is why I'm always pulling it out on my phone at bars to prove a point about the ways straight dating is broken. So women who are 20 on OkCupid are generally rating men who are 23 as the hottest. Women who are 21 rating men aged 23. That so, makes sense with the two-year gap yeah, that we're talking sure. about. Little, yeah, Little gap there. Um, and that continues. And you see it like all through a woman's 20s. She's interested in men who are around about the same age as her. When she's 25, she's into a 26-year-old. When she's 30, she's into a... 30-year-old. Yeah, I mean, it's more or less exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. And then when she's in her 30s, she's interested in men who are either her age or one or two years younger. So, for example, a woman who is 37 is attracted to a 36-year-old on average. Women who are 39 are attracted to a 38-year-old, blah, 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 blah. Then when a woman is in her 40s, she's attracted to women, um, sorry, men. <laughs> then, she might also be, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we have really bad data on that. Honestly, it was kind of a shame that the whole piece was focused on heterosexual couples, but we have such bad data about minorities in general in this country. But anyway, um, so when women are in their 40s, they're typically attracted to men who are in their late 30s or early 40s. The women's chart, it's a diagonal line. The 20-year-olds are into 20-year-olds. 30-year-olds are into 30-year-olds. 40-year-olds are into 40-year-olds. But the chart for men, it looks different. Very, very different. So for men who are in their 20s, they are attracted to women who are 20, 21, maybe 22 at a push, right? And this is even men who are 30, they're still attracted to 20-year-olds. That makes sense. You're in your 20s, you like a 21-year-old because, you know, she's drinking age. She looks kind of like you. I guess. But is that still the case at a 29-year-old? Yeah, a 29-year-old is still attracted to a 20-year-old. That's a pretty good big age gap, right? Yes. And then we get into men who are in their 30s. And okay. men who are in their 30s. So the, the, by now it's going to move up to, to a woman in her 30s. Okay, like maybe a guy who's 30 likes a 27-year-old. No. They all are only attracted to women who are 20. 
With no. one exception, which is just like a, a strange outlier. Men who are 37 are attracted to 22-year-olds. Got a very niche, very cultured taste <laughs> So there. it goes, so it's just 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 21, 21. 22, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, um, men who are <laughs> in their 40s are attracted to 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds. And we've got the occasional 24-year-old in there. So men who are 45 on average are attracted to 24-year-olds. But on the whole, it's 20 and 21-year-olds. Sexy, right? Weird. I mean, it's just so depressing. It's so, so, so depressing. It's just that their, that their idea of what's attractive just gets locked in a woman's early 20s and my idea of what's attractive is changing with me yeah yeah and it's kind of every woman's worst nightmare right like don't you think like the idea that like I would be in a because I do want to be in like a long-term committed relationship at some point and my worst nightmare is that I as that as I age my partner will be decreasingly attracted to me and his eyes will stray to younger women not necessarily to cheat but just not be as attracted to me because I'm no longer like a young woman and he'll continue to be the hardest thing in the world to you exactly exactly and I just again coming back to this idea of feminism it's like I truly believe that this isn't biological that it's all socialized so what as we what can we as feminists do to fix this so part of it I guess is is signaling to men you cannot get with younger women but I also think, honestly, like our on-screen depictions of women need to change. We need to have more older women on screen who are depicted as like the sexy lead and not just like the mum. Um, well, I do this passive aggressive thing on OkCupid all the time where I'll spot a guy whose age range is 20 to 32 okay. who's indicated interest in me. And I'm like, are you serious? What happens after 32? Do we just drop yeah, off a cliff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How so old I'm, are those guys? I bet they're like 32. 33, yeah. They're like uh, younger than me or uh, nothing at all. Wait, what are your age brackets set to on your online dating apps? 30 to 40. And how old are you? 32. But you're doing it. Why are you doing it? You're saying up to eight years older than me, but not but only two years younger than me. You're doing it, Andrea. I am. You're giving the men those bonus years. I want a family someday. But like, what other choice do I have? It's not gonna. You're, just because you declared that's in the New York Times doesn't mean we're gonna be able to actually. <laughs> no, ship it is. This. this is how it works. You just write the op-ed, and the world changes. At the end of Mona's piece, she declares that she wants to change the system. She wants straight women to pledge with her to start committing to date our peers or younger. It's one of those things that I read and I wanted to sign on to, but every time I've tried changing my settings. I can't do it. I wasn't ready for something serious when I was 24 years old. So if I were to go on a date with a 24-year-old guy, am I supposed to be shocked that he isn't ready for commitment? I can't help but feel that the best use of my time is going to still be pursuing older guys. A lot of our readers had similar pushback. I actually got a ton of emails to my um, to my work account and they kind of all fell mostly from men more than women. And they fell into like one of three categories, maybe. There were the ones who were like, you're angry and bitter and you can't accept the way that the world is. And the way that the world is, is that women want protection. And so they seek out older men and men are attracted to younger women because they are more fertile, whereas women can get with older men because they like, like one of them was claiming that I actually just made up the statistics about male sperm. 
Um, and then there were the guys who wrote <laughs> when to me. When you implied that that they're not fertile forever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that, like even biologically that our understanding that these relationships just work isn't right. And it's not right. And this is something I've come to a lot in my previous work. So all of our understanding of male and female bodies is dictated by like, I don't know, let's say 2000 years worth of science. And for like 2,000 years, including up till the present day, the vast majority of scientists have been men who have undertaken scientific questions that are of interest to them. So our whole understanding of fertility is based on women's bodies. What's wrong with women's bodies? What's right with women's bodies? How can we get them pregnant? And so it was only recently that we even started to understand like how long sperm is good for. And one of the few studies that looked at it found that I think I want to say there was a 30% lower chance of men in their 40s managing to impregnate a woman than um, men in their 30s. And so because not to get all like statistical on this, but most studies that look at women's fertility don't control for the age of their partner. So everything that we believe about how women who are 36, 37, 38 can't get pregnant doesn't take into account that they're likely trying to get pregnant with these older men who also have fucking bad sperm. If their eggs are bad, then their their sperm is even worse. But then people love to cite, oh, but this famous older man had a child in his 70s. I know. But then they're often (laughs) having... Trump. I know. But then they're often having kids with like these incredibly young women that are offsetting their older sperm. And also like we just don't have enough, again, to come back to the statistics, we don't have enough data points of very old women trying to conceive with some very young men to know if it's also possible for them. And like this sounds like it's just, you know, science or whatever. But the way that this translates into society is women feeling a huge burden to get pregnant at certain points in their lives if they want to become mothers that men don't feel. And that burden is a is a really heavy one. Like it's a psychological load on us, right, that men just don't really seem to be experiencing. Anyway, to come back to those, those responses that I got from men that come into three different categories, there were the ones who were like, get over it, it's biological. There were the ones who were like, I got with a woman that was the same age as me or even like I got with a woman that was younger than me and I was just like, okay, great, buddy, like good for you. Um, and then the third category asked me out. Um, and unfortunately yeah. do you date your, your readers I never have no I inadvertently once went on a date with someone who used to read some of my stuff and I just hated it I don't like it I want to be anonymous you know yeah yeah anyway what do you say to the people who say women are just more mature than men um, well, that is when you say the people that say that. My mother is one of the people that says that. And I think that, you know, I can't refute that there seems to be some evidence of that based on the dating experiences that I've had. Um, and I define maturity as just being... Yeah, of so many, so, yeah. so many. Just many you, you just attempted like, to date younger. Yeah, I, I yeah, I do. Like, and I, and I have done quite a few times. And they just basically feel like kind of more lost. You know, like... They don't wash their sheets as often as I do. All the things that you used to do when you was younger, you know, like they don't know how to manage their money as well. They um, don't have a headboard. Exactly. I was like, for a second, I was like, what's a headboard? Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have a headboard. They um, still use their parents' luggage, which I did for a very long time. Maybe I still use some of my parents' luggage. Anyway, all of these things yeah. that you like grow out of once you start to mature. And also they're not thinking about like the possibility of having to support another human, right? Or even, or even like someone was like to me, so what? Some men don't want to have kids. And I'm like, that is absolutely fine. But they are not thinking of it as I definitely don't want to become a parent. Whereas I feel like I'm not entirely sure that I want to become a parent. But I'm feeling like I very quickly need to fucking make my mind up about that because this clock is ticking. Um, and they're expecting a partner to help them make their mind up exactly, depending on who they end up with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think about this a lot. Like in the few times I've tried to 
to date a guy my age or a guy a little bit younger because I have some career success right now, I usually end up turning into like a mentor role with them where I'm telling them why I think their business idea is flawed, why I don't think they should start a nonprofit in that area. And and I end up, I want to meet someone who's where I am at professionally. And then eventually I'm going to end up dating older. Yeah. God, that's so true. It's such a good point. I often feel like it starts to slip into like a maybe maternal role and it gets really fucking creepy and I'm like no no because also I'm not perfect I want someone who's going to be able to support me who I can like talk through my ideas with who can say that's a bad idea this seems not that I need that validation but just someone who's like that mutual respect. And this is a new thing we're looking for in our long-term partnerships. There used to be a time where what a guy was looking for in his long-term partnership was someone who could cook for him and do mm-hmm. his laundry and all the yeah. things that we can now use the internet to do for us. Now we're looking for that kind of a intellectual partner, and it seems hard to find in a younger guy for me. Yeah. At the same time, I wonder what is broken about all the older guys I've dated over the years who've had to educate me in that way. And how is that not a boner killer for them to be giving me life advice? It's not a boner killer for them because maybe it's about power and it makes them feel good. But coming back to this idea of maturity, though, I think part of the problem is that men haven't had to grow up and they haven't had to grow up because they have managed to, like, get these bonus years and get with younger women who are at the same in the same point in their lives as they are, right? And part of the point of the piece is to say the only way to get men to grow up is to stop dating the older ones. And that's why Mona took the pledge. She's now committed to dating exclusively her contemporaries or younger. In the Times op-ed, she swears not to take eligible men out of the dating pool and says that to do so would be to slap a future version of herself in the face. Are you going to take the pledge? Change your Tinder settings right now. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Because if I took the pledge, I don't think there are enough (sighs) 32-year-olds. I can't. But I hear Mona's point. Dating older guys hasn't worked for me so far. Maybe age is a criteria I should let slide. Because I keep in my head, right, I have this list of criteria of like the perfect partner. And every single year, like one of those get crossed off, right? So it used <laughs> to be like, oh, I just really, really, really want a tall man. Mm, tall man, tall man, tall man. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, you know. Yeah. Bring on the short guys. That's absolutely fine. And it used to be like really, maybe I have to let go of this idea that they have to be doing well in their careers or at a similar place as me in their careers. Uh, But then that means. But there's a financial implication there for us too on the long term. And that brings us around to a familiar place for me, a sense of hopelessness, inertia. I just want to like overhaul dating so dramatically like rip up everything and start start new but I don't know what that looks like and to me the only thing that I can think of is arranged marriages <laughs> this this is what I think about all the time but can't bring myself to do I mean doesn't it seem the most likely that that your future boyfriend is someone you're going to meet at a party right someone you're going to meet through Maybe. a mutual friend yeah. right that it's going to be like someone who is just there all the time around somewhere that's so, what other people say but like yeah None of my friends have any single guy friends. That's been established as a fact. Well, are you sure? What if you posted to Facebook a sexy photo of yourself? No. See? Why don't we do that? Because it seems too desperate. But I'm desperate. Yeah, I am desperate. I'm totally desperate. You're thinking about an arranged marriage. So why? Yeah. (laughs) Why? How is that? How is the public shame of announcing I'm looking for help finding someone so much worse than... I would rather move to another city than do that. Mm -hmm. I can't bring myself to do it. But it's a thought experiment I go through all the time. If I really wanted to meet someone, isn't that my best shot? Do it. 
I think I would probably have more successful dates on all of these apps if I articulated on the apps, this is what I'm looking for and this is who I am. But even articulating that has some shame associated with it. Like, it's so much more cool to just have an emoji in your Tinder bio than being like, I'm 30, I really want to meet someone who's really ambitious and sometimes I cry at night and I need you to be able to hold me if I cry. (laughs) You know, that's not hot. That's not hot. Right. And that that's the balance I'm living with now is you want to have game, yeah. like real game, because that's part of the seduction process. But it's also impossible to have game while simultaneously filtering for all the things I feel the pressure mm-hmm. to filter for at the speed I need to filter for it. But maybe some of this is about redefining thirst, right? Because I am desperate to meet someone that doesn't affect my dating life in terms of I never go out on second dates with guys I don't want to go out on second dates with. I'm ne- I'm never sleep with guys I don't want to sleep with. You know, like I think people often confuse those two things and assume it makes you unattractive because you're willing to settle down with anyone. Whereas if anything, the fact that I'm single is partly because I have been so insanely picky. So don't we need to redefine thirst? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not ready to narrow my online dating parameters. I can't start dating guys exclusively my age or younger. But I am down for rebranding thirst, rethinking the associations we have with beautiful, smart, funny, 30-something women who happen to be single. And as we wrapped up the interview, Mona had an idea. Could we do like an experiment as like to give this like some (laughs) sexy audio where we like go out to a place where only young men are? Uh-huh. And like flirt with them and ask them like, would you date me? <laughs> so that's what we'll do. Mona, me at a bar full of young skater guys. That was her idea. And we'll do that on a future episode of Why Why. We'll be right back. I actually need to go get something to drink. Kind of thirsty. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now it's time for another blind Skype date. And before we hear the date, I have been noticing that a lot of you are frustrated that we haven't had a real match yet. And you're going to have to get used to that feeling because, remember, these are blind dates. Neither of these two people had any say in picking the other. And you know what? Dating's hard. So if you're game for one of these, you can fill out our survey. It's at yyradio.com. And thank you to everyone who's filled it out already. Your responses are really fun to read, and we are working hard to find you a match. Andy and Tasha are both 33 years old and live in Seattle. And this afternoon, Tasha is calling in from her bedroom, and Andy's at his friend's co-working space because the Wi-Fi is better. There's this hip wall of what looks like grass behind him. The date is going to start in a place that might seem predictable for Seattle. They're going to talk about music. What was the first tape or CD you bought? Oh, God. I'm not entirely sure, but I got that Random House thing. Oh, okay. 
where you would get like 10 CDs for $20 or something like that. And I'm pretty sure in there was Ace of Base, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey, and then like a couple hip hop CDs, like Doggy Style or something like that. Like, that's really hard. I don't know. I want to ask you back. What were you, what were your first CDs? The first one I remember like really wanting really badly was the uh, the Smashing Pumpkins one. And my mom forbid it because like, she heard on the news that somebody had died in the band and she was like, no, he's going to turn to drugs because of that guy. <laughs> and so I bought it in secret. Yeah. So what is a thing that you love that you're a little bit embarrassed about? Magic the Gathering. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I play a lot of magic. <laughs> I'm serious about it. No, not really. I, it's the best game on earth. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. But yep, that's the best game on earth. <laughs> wow. Okay. Have you ever played it? It has been many years. I played it a lot in elementary and middle school mm-hmm. and then got into Dungeons and Dragons, honestly, instead. And I mean, I guess I just haven't played Magic since then because I didn't know people who played really. And then. By the time I found other people, I was like, I'm not going to buy more cards to get into this. I know. It's expensive. Okay, so I had a superhero question. Okay. If you had, if you could choose a benign superhero power, which one would you choose? I honestly, I guess, like, not actual invulnerability, but, like, I can't. I can't twist an ankle or something. I can still break my ankle, but like the fear of twisting my ankle would be gone. That would be nice. Or small injuries mm. like that. <laughs> that's my that's my answer. The notion of fearlessness. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's the, whatever teen and vulnerability thought is <laughs> not having the recognition that I will someday die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now is the point in the date when we're waiting for one of the two people to ask the other person for their number or ask them out on a date. We ask all of our blind Skype dates to end things themselves. We're not going to swoop in or play referee. But for some reason, this date ended like it was a call to a customer service representative. Thanks very much so much for doing this with me. Oh, yeah. No problem. It was very nice meeting you. You too. Have a good afternoon, Eddie. All right. You too. Bye. After Tasha hung up, Andy stayed on the line. He was a little surprised by how abruptly it all ended. Tasha said she didn't feel a romantic connection, but said that he was a nice guy for sure. As for Andy, he felt like she might have done him a favor. That's it for today's show. And if you want to go on a Skype date, if you want to show us how this is done, we are setting people up constantly, matching up people who live in the same area. All you have to do is visit yyradio.com, answer a few questions. Our show is produced by me, Andreas Lenzi, with Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hilary Frank. Our artwork changes every week thanks to Teddy Blanks at Chips.nyc. And you guys should all check out his new web series. It's called Shrink. 
has videos with Sarah Silverman, Susan Orlean, Lena Dunham, and the videos are short. They're a total delight. They're about therapy. You can watch them all in about 11 minutes at Spielbergs.video. Our theme music is by Andy Miklas, Casey Holford, Lee Rosevear, Evan Viola. Special thanks to Mia Lobel and Andy Bowers at Panoply. We are coming to Chicago this November, and there are still a few tickets left. Here's the gimmick. We ask you to bring a wingman, bring your wingwoman. And if you don't, and you're single, I'm going to assign you one, which could be helpful. There are things that happen in our live shows that you will never hear in an episode, so you don't want to miss this. Visit our website, yyradio.com, for tickets. Next time on YOY, my guest Mona Chalabi opens up the Bumble app and makes the mistake of falling for the first guy she sees. Oh, he's quite sweet. Look at those teeth. <laughs> That's a lot of teeth. That's a real comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Look them. at those abs, though. I'll take some teeth with some abs, thanks. Yep. That's a yes from me. Mona swipes right, and then... No match. Mm. Never mind. Fuck you.